Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. It's your man Chandler. And I'm Young Lazy. And we are the Kind of Movie Critics uh, on, on a Zoom binge this, this go around. We usually do it on Skype, but now we're on Zoom, so hopefully the quality uh meaning like the quality of our interaction will be a little bit better um how y'all feeling man great all right so good feeling really comfortable really pleasant you look like it yeah you I look am. comfortable I'm, in, I'm on a i'm on a sectional so. <laughs> a sectional not unlike your girl yeah, gina uh, carano oh man let's not even get started on it. gina <laughs> a sexy boy. sectional I don't Boy, know if you realize, Corey, but like I've been screenshotting you and Chandler making fun of Gina Carano <laughs> and putting that shit on Instagram. Do you think really... I'm making fun of Gina Carano? No, I'm... we're expressing our love. <laughs> no, of Gina I really <laughs> you're laughing at yourself. I no, want her to like do push-ups is... on me. No, I know you're this not laughing not a... at her. You're laughing at yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so, so a friend of mine was like, "What? What's up with them and Gina Carano? Like, what's he saying?" I was like, "He's saying she's funny built, and he still would like to tap. That is what he's saying." Think <laughs> I think she's built like a Greek goddess. I'm in awe of her physique, and she's a beautiful woman, and a talented actress. The Greek wow. goddess Thickamus. I think she's yeah, built I, like I a say... dorm fridge, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I would do things to that fridge. <laughs> She's definitely he puts your up. beer in it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is a family show, Lizzy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what y'all are talking So Gina Carano's, I guess she's in Mandalorian, right? Because y'all know I don't watch it. Is yes. that what y'all, that's, yeah. that's, that's yes, where that's all these right. references come she from? She is a supporting character in The Mandalorian. And, and I did see, I mean, I did see some stills after you guys were talking about it. She definitely bulked up for the role, bro. Like, she, I don't remember her being that diesel. I think maybe it's the armor, but I, I mean, I'm not really doing her bicep measurement, so you know. But I, 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 I agree with you. Like she definitely looks, you know. Like what was that movie ball. she was in? The Soderbergh joint. Haywire. 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 Yeah, yeah. That, I like, wasn't that like her foray into film. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Soderbergh, he'd be putting on like the most random thing. Like he did that with her, and then he he had uh, the girlfriend experience that uh, for Jen. What you gonna call it? Gray. What's her name? Sasha Something Gray. Gray. Sasha Gray. There you go. Oh, look, Martin's a freak. Look at him, folks. Look no, at I don't him. even. I look don't at him, like folks. Look at him. He was ready. Yeah, he goes Sasha Gray. He was quick <laughs> with the draw too. I, I know her more from podcasting than I do from her other stuff. Yeah, I bet. Wink, wink. Podcast. <laughs> nah, this is not my type at all. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We learned a little something about Martin the Mill, man. You want to stay on it? What's your type? You want to stay on it? Um, who's a bad one? Nah, nobody would know. That that's the thing about names like that is like nobody would know really. Okay, all right. Yeah, Martin likes porcelain artists that nobody would ever know about. My jokes are falling flat on it's it's, <laughs> the, it's, it's the internet. It's the internet. If it wasn't for the internet, these jokes. You should have went for glass blower. Yeah, I tried. Glass blower. You know, sometimes <laughs> when you like mid joke is coming out, but you haven't. It hasn't quite fully formed, but you're just shooting it with confidence, and then. It falls flat. It's like an I've ball. never had that happen before once in my life, ever. Yeah. That's kind of like the basis of the whole Act 3 podcast. It's like yeah. you're shooting jokes. <laughs> like some, of them, <laughs> some of them brick, some of them swish. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's like Shaq's free throws out there when you're out the, there. The shooting. brick ones oh. are fun. It's fun. Sometimes so I you, haven't, I haven't 
um, seen Star Wars yet. Like, I don't care if y'all talk about it at all because I kind of know the ending. But um, what exactly was the problem with Gina Carano this season? Nothing. Um, she was me and me and Chandler just think she's got an attractiveness to her very oddly built self. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Corey's is like, it, guy, Corey can't say that she's attractive without also nagging her in the same <laughs> sentence. I mean, I mean, the bitch look like a book bag. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's she, big. She does. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, stay on it, though. Talk about The Mandalorian a little bit. It seems like that's kind of like, you know, it's season two. It's a lot of fanfare going on. You kind of talk to the listeners. Yeah, man. Throw I it mean, out there. Mandalorian, I think the best thing about it is that they had this this Disney Star Wars trilogy that you know, regardless of how you feel about it, I think everyone can agree that. Trash. It, okay, regardless of how you feel about it, <laughs> everyone can agree that it didn't go over unanimously well. No, uh, and it and it kind of set the franchise back um, in terms of like where it was at in 2015 and then where it was at in like 2019. Um, but then the Mandalorian becomes like now that's the hottest Star Wars property that there's been in in 15 years. Um, and I think it's so cool that a lot of people who don't like star Wars are like, nah, I want to see what's up with this baby Yoda thing. I'm really into this. And so I, I think that's cool. It inspires me. It's brought a lot of new people into the, uh, into the fandom. And this, this second season was like, I was so nervous that they were going to screw it up, but I I really thought it was handled. Well, I I thought it was a fantastic season. I mean, from, from the outside looking in, I haven't seen the season yet. It kind of looks like, from what I've heard, it seems like they're screwing it up. It seems like it's the stereotypical sequel. Let's throw in, like, big-name character here. Let's take somebody from here and, like, just throw too much into, like, what is a really grounded and really good show. Like, But you, you're saying it's not that at all this well, season. I mean, they are. Here's the thing. That's what I was worried about was exactly what you just described. But somehow, uh, showrunner John Favreau and executive producer Dave Filoni have figured out a way to do all that stuff and make it like work on a story level. I really think that pretty much everything they've done has really worked on a story level, and it has blown my mind. Because, yeah, on paper, if you told me all the things were going to happen this season, I'd be like, mm-mm, that's a terrible idea. Please don't do that. But it really worked out. Also, I yeah. got to fucking see Mando fight Kyle Reese. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kyle he Reese looks crazy. Terminator? He looks nuts. Yeah, yeah Kyle Reese. I don't know his name. He's yeah. Kyle Reese. You know who the fuck I'm Michael meant. Bean. Michael, oh, Bean. Michael Bean. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you meant like the character. The, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's the big secret this season. They crossed over <laughs> with Terminator. Terminator. Now I'm gonna tell you what they have been doing in terms of crossover, and I don't like the shit at all. And I said it on my Instagram. Like they keep sneaking in Dune references. Stop that shit immediately. Star Wars was a Dune reference. It was full of Dune references yeah. in the first movie, Lizzie. I feel like you got chill on that one. No, I don't want it. It's like not... they bring up the spice stuff yeah, in the I know. first movie. I know they it's do. It's a Lucas thing. He needs nice. to stop. <laughs> I don't want it. Nice. So so is Mando season two uh was it so it was a great follow up to season one. Is it better? Like adventure wise, story wise, okay. I I would put them right on par. Correct. I would. I would say that like it's a perfect continuation of what they were already doing well. And there's a lot of fan service in it, but it's not cheesy fan service. It's fan service that you're like, okay, the story is going somewhere. It ties into the broader universe, Um, and it's going to introduce some things that 
that brings it tighter into, you know, what we already love. But I wouldn't say it's better. It's just, it's, it's what you want though. Like Mm. that finale, like I was legitimately, I got up at like seven 30 randomly. I never am up that early. I was like, well, I'm going to watch Mando now. Did you cry? Yes. I yeah, cried. Me too. I was a mess. I sque- there was like there was like a point where <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but like, you know, somebody got their shit off when they were fighting. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, bitch. And my daughter came in the room and was like, Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like that, um... literally I saw the X Wing fighter pull up and I was like, No, no. And then like fucking green lightsaber. And I'm, I'm literally, you ever see kids get excited and like kick their fucking feet? Like I'm in the bed, like going <laughs> ape shit. <laughs> like, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, that's how I felt. Like my heart was beating fast. I had to like nervously pee. It was like a lot. I really enjoyed it. Whoa. No, it was a lot. My, my litmus test for whether the fan service stuff has been working is that like, number one, my dad, because uh, he watches all the Star Wars stuff, but. He is not, he doesn't know like all the nerdy, he can't remember all that stuff. And then I got another guy at work who I talked to who, is, who has never been into Star Wars and watches the show. And I like basically interview them every week and they like don't mind any of this fan service type stuff that they've brought in because I think they do it in a really organic way where it makes sense for the story and they tell you everything that you need to know. So it doesn't leave you feeling like you're left out, at least according to what I've learned from them. I, I get it all. And I'm like, you know, with my Star Wars encyclopedia, with my glasses pushed up on my nose, going like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Ooh. How do y'all feel about the expansion of the Star Wars universe in, on Disney Plus? Mm, like I feel like they're going to. shows come in. I feel like they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. It's a little disconcerting. I don't, it's a I don't lot. know. You know, I, I really like Mandalorian. I think Mandalorian's what. Star Wars has needed for a very long time. Agreed. And I would love to to challenge someone. I think you could edit season two into a better film than episode seven, eight, and nine. I think you could like mm-hmm. delete stuff and like compress it, and it would be a better film. Like Whoa. I, I re- and the same thing for season one. So I, I just it blows my mind that they were able to accomplish so much. And it lets me know that this isn't that hard or, you know, I, I, that's in relative terms. But, you know, I, I just seeing all the nonsense that they put out, I, I just I want them to continue. So as long as Favreau and, and the other guy, I forgot his name, I never remember his name, as long as they're involved, you can make as many TV shows as they want. Yeah. Um, and, I really and, feel like the same way, man. If they're in charge, it's like I'm not worried now. Are they? Are they in charge property. of property? Not all the shows they They've got. I mean, I don't want to get into it because Corey was like mid thought and I already interrupted. I'm sorry. You're fine, but like it's it's a property that I think really takes it. I mean, any type of multiverse. I mean, even Marvel to some degree really could do TV right, um, which hopefully they will coming right. coming soon. Anything that's based on comic books and universes, this is what you're supposed to do. And I it just blows my mind that they keep screwing it up. You have this billion dollar bucket of ideas and billion dollar bucket of characters and you keep screwing it up so i'm just glad that somebody in their right mind figured out that this was the right thing to do (laughs) i think that it's when it's all trusted to one storyteller and you like give somebody the time to to tell the story they want to tell i think that's the key i mean that's not a hot take but you know the 
the new trilogy like every after each movie they were reevaluating and changing directions and disagreeing with what the previous person had done and then Kathleen Kennedy and the the Lucasfilm story group is all getting involved and I, I just think that you create a, a situation that's not friendly to telling good stories whereas yeah. you give John Favreau the reins and like let two seasons of television happen and it's this wonderfully put together story that tracks over over the whole thing so so you're saying because there's less risk yeah and, and you know which is kind of a crappy thing to be in you know because one one person is involved in a 200 million dollar gamble and another person's in in a much lower gamble it, i mean it's just I, I wish they would do more Rogue Ones because I still think Rogue One was a, a success. Oh, I yeah, love Rogue that movie. Great. I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One is a great film. Uh, Solo is is okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Solo's a dud. I, I really don't either. Don't. I think but, it's pretty good. I, like I liked that. it fine. And, but it, I don't, I just, why did 7, 8, and 9 <laughs> fumble so hard? But I'm not going to go down that road because y'all don't. know how I feel. Yes, um, we do. But I, I, I really... <laughs> I really do love The Mandalorian. I think The Mandalorian is a great jump off for um, Star Wars in general. So. I just can't wait to see what the future is. I've been so surprised by The Mandalorian at every turn, like shocked, and yeah. uh, both by what they've attempted and the fact that they've been able to pull it off. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I the the big slate of shows that they just announced is intimidating. Um, I take a little comfort in the fact that the one, what's it called, Rangers of the New Republic and uh, Ahsoka and the Book of Boba Fett are all Filoni and Favreau. So I feel like I can, I trust those three. Outside of that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they've got some talented names uh, put on these shows. Um, but, I, you know, you never want them to fly too close to the sun. I think that's always the concern. But um, they're off to a great start. And at the very least... Um, we've got two incredible seasons of television with the Mandalorian. So I, I think uh, Justin Simeon is doing Mando, no Lando. I think. Yeah. So I don't. I don't want that. Cool. After bad hair, he can keep whatever the fuck he's doing forever. You didn't like oh, bad hair? Man. No, I did not like bad hair. I thought it was horrible. Oh, I enjoyed bad hair, man. <laughs> I thought it was a. I thought it was a really cool take on a on a genre. Um, you know the. Me- I mean, you know the messaging that's in it. I don't know, man. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm surprised you didn't. That's that's we got to talk about that. I mean, not here, not today, but I'm I'm really shocked you didn't like it. No, honest. he he needs mm-hmm. his ass beat for bad hair. He does. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Did you see it, Martin? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh, okay. You ain't missing shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Death by Temptation, the James Bond the third movie from like the '80s with all the same guys from uh, School Days? And it's got like Bill Nunn and. Um, Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem Hardison, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it does feel like Death by Temptation. A little it feels like Death by like Temptation, but like girls. Yeah, yeah. But, and and yeah, no, no penis I, shots. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Martin, you should watch it. You should watch it. I would love to hear yeah. your take on it. Uh, that sucks if that was his first. No, that's his second movie, uh-huh. and it's yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, well, that's Lisa's opinion that is bad. I, mean, <laughs> I, would, I would love to hear your opinion about it. Hey, there's plenty of great directors who recovered from a sophomore slump. I mean, it's a Hulu movie. It's not like he got a big budget, like, studio yeah. picture. Like, it's fine that it sucked. Like, Justin Simeon's career is not going to suffer from that. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it sold to Hulu. It was an independent thing, and, and it sold to Hulu. Right. Um, after the Sundance, I think, or something like that. Yeah, so, David Fitch has started with Alien 3, so... Right. Exactly. I actually don't hate you. You never know. 
So I didn't listen to all. I didn't listen to Act Three podcast all the way through to uh, this week, Chandler, because I haven't hey, seen. Hey, that's Link yet. two references. I don't know if you think there's going to be a check in the mail or something, Treasy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> these are these are free. I thought we worked out our terms and conditions. Before right, shoot, we need to stop running know. your fucking trailer before our shows immediately. Uh, no, I like it. I, I, I love I love the route. The uh, I love the route. But um, yeah, I had to, I had to turn it off early because I haven't watched Mank, and I and that's that's on my. No, you probably made the right choice. Just oh, <laughs> turn it okay. off. What movie, Mank? Yeah, Mank. Oh, I turned it off. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you didn't try. like Mank, Corey. Yeah, I fell asleep. I, I watched I watched about fifteen minutes. I turned it off. Wow. Mank, Mank is a uh, Mank is pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I you know you can listen to uh, the Act Three podcast at actreepodcast.com <laughs> if you want to hear my full thoughts. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's a pretty slight movie. It doesn't have uh, any sort of dramatic impact emotionally. It doesn't tell a um, a terribly interesting story. I think by a lot of metrics. But I enjoyed it. I like Citizen Kane. Um, I, I learned about the production of that movie by watching this movie. In the style of it's really nice. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have been to Disney World, but when you're in uh, the Hollywood Studios portion of Disney World and it kind of, you know, you're just walking around and it's like old Hollywood all around you and yeah. it's kind of just a cool vibe. That's, That's what I got out of Mank. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. enjoyed the vibe of old Hollywood. I love that kind of stuff. Um, so it, that, it did that for me, but I, I totally get turning it off. It, it's, uh, it's not the most engaging film. Yeah. Uh, David, and that's that's kind of that's a very uh, I have to take that point into consideration with you, Corey, because I know you're a Fincher fan. So if Damn. you're saying that, it it, it must have been sort of somewhat. Uh, I just I, I I am super biased. I I'm not a big old Hollywood person. Right. Um, I respect it. I like some stuff, but I I I I watched it in school, and that's kind of it. You know, it's mm. not something that. I just sit down and throw Citizen Kane on, you know, for a nice casual December <laughs> afternoon. Um, you know, it's just not, it's just not my thing. The pace, the, the style, it, it, it's hard. It, it, I mean, and it's not, it's not its fault. It's the 1930s. I mean, that's just the way things were, yeah. or, you know, even up to the fifties and sixties, I have a hard time. I have a hard time watching a lot of that stuff. Um, but I, I respect it. It's just, it's just hard. It's yeah. challenging. Wait, well, is Casablanca like, hard for you to watch? Casablanca? Yeah. Yes, very hard. Like, oh, yeah. almost everything before um, Kubrick and, like, you know, Space Odyssey and things like that uh, are, are very challenging for me to watch. Um, it's just not my bag, you know? I, I've, I've watched just about all of those great, you know, the quote-unquote greats, but I've watched them once or twice, and that's kind of it. And never went back um, to them. Yeah, yeah, I don't go back to him. Because me and you used to famously argue over uh, Chinatown, which you hate. Which yeah, I don't, I don't like Chinatown. How you, how you hate Chinatown. But, but that's like I don't, a postmodern also, version of the stuff you're talking about, though. Chinatown. Yeah, and I, I have a reason for that. Because of all of old Hollywood, the thing I hate the most is film noir. Because noir. it's the same fucking movie every Yo, single time. You're crazy for saying <laughs> Yo, Film noir is the same movie every time. So what? Every time. Every oh. genre is the same movie over and over again. Okay, Where? I mean, well, I'm not going to say you're lying. That's what, a, that's what a genre is. But, okay, <laughs> but we're not out here saying that – there. people are saying Chinatown is one of the best of all time. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> like – and I can't, I can't say that. You know, like, I, I, it's not. It's the same – movie every time it's a flawed character literally because his face is cut up and then the woman is always the villain the the, the fam ah, i can't stand it 
Femme Fatale. It's the same fucking movie. Do you like like neo noir? Do you enjoy? I don't, like, oh, well, t- I don't even Blade know Runner? what that would be. Blade yes. Runner 2049. Yeah. Memento is neo-noir. Right, Memento yes. is very noir. Memento, yeah. I do. It's great. Kind of it's a little twist. It's different. It's new. Chinatown <laughs> is film noir down to every second of that movie. And people are like, it's the greatest movie ever made. I think no, Chinatown is like the reason that... Never mind. I mean, yeah, never mind. That's, it's that's not even the it, reason so. film noir is a thing. There were plenty of film noir before Chinatown. Yeah, but, yeah, but Chinatown, Chinatown is like, like commenting on that stuff, though. Is it? Yeah. yeah, because most noir protagonists are like they're good at their jobs, but are Jack they? Nicholson, yeah, they're decent at their jobs. They're, as far as I know, it was but always Jack a Nicholson f- is like terrible at his job, and that I only, and kind well, of falls I, into like a lot it. of the. I've only seen it once or twice. Yeah. But oh, here we go. Here we go. Walking <laughs> it back. <laughs> no. What I was saying was is that, generally speaking, I always thought the main character was flawed in some way. He may have been good or not so good, but he was always flawed. So, And Jack yeah. Nicholson's flawed uh, for obvious reasons. So. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. Rant over. No, you're good. <laughs> Don't be stealing my shit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... I'm glad we got Mando out the way. Uh, I think it's cool that they bought it back, that it's doing good. Um, maybe I'll jump in. Maybe I won't. You know how that goes, man. You won't. Um, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> we know how that goes, man. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh, I guess let's jump into the main feature here, which is uh, Christopher Nolan's last uh, offering, Tenet. He offered us the gesture and a word. Um, <laughs> What's that guy's <laughs> name? That actor from... Uh, uh, Donovan, something Donovan, Martin Insomnia Donovan, too. Yeah, Martin Donovan is that his name? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Insomnia too. No, Insomnia like two as well. Like, <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he was. He <laughs> was really, you guys don't remember Donovan? the direct-to-video feature Insomnia two? <laughs> oh no. Insomnia wow. two, his revenge. <laughs> Insomnia two. Stay it woke. turns out he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He played Will Dormer's partner. Um, Insomnia is another great neo noir film. Yeah, mm, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, I'll That's take good it. Film. Um, but yeah, man, Tenant. Uh, you know, I, so just to kind of explain to people, because I think when we do episodes, we usually do them kind of like with new releases or sort of a new a newer property. And obviously, Tenant's been out since what, like July, June? I thought it was August. May. I think August. it's August. Okay. Somewhere in there? Okay. So um, I found myself saying today, this is kind of interesting that we're doing an episode on a film that's sort of been out and made its rounds already. But I also find it very timely because for a few different reasons. One, I think um, Tenet to me is an experience that you have to watch more than once. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in the current state of you know what we were with movie theaters, that just probably wasn't possible for a lot of people. So I'm actually glad that we waited till uh, it was released for uh streaming consumption um to do the episode so that way you know people kind of uh get an opportunity to you know jump into this conversation maybe rewatch it and gain some insight into it and all that good stuff so i I just kind of wanted to put that out there why this is such a quote-unquote late episode um but uh you know getting right into the and you know into the uh into the convo here man um so how many watches? How many watches is, there, is everybody on? I'm on two. I'm on one. Two. One, two, I two. Am, I am one. 
I'm on two as well. Okay. Um, let's just go ahead and get our positioning, like how we feel about this film. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way. Where are we at? Where are you guys at with Tenet? Um, I think I'll always maybe, I think I'll always be positive about this film. I think I'll always cherish it just because it's the last movie I saw in theaters. And it's probably the last movie, like huge movie like this we might see in theaters for like ever really. If if it, if things get worse, so it's it's I mean it's really literally just like the hunt and tenant. I think are like the only movies I saw this year in theaters. Hmm. Way to come you in with think... the optimism, bro. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very off brand for you, Martin. Yeah. Uh, so y'all don't think we're not getting Dune in theaters? Is that what's going on? Did I miss? We something? are getting. I mean, in it's theaters. coming, but it's oh, okay. yes, yeah, simultaneously on mm-hmm. HBO Max. Right. I'm gonna go see it in the theater. That I'm not watching Dune in my living room. Like that's not happening. Doing in the living room. But I, I think the point that Martin makes though is is cool though because Tenet, you know, had that very unique Christopher Nolan marketing where it was like you didn't know anything about it. The mm-hmm. the trailers were very cryptic and ominous. Um, even so, I bought this on 4K Blu-ray, which is a great format that everyone mm-hmm. should invest in. Uh, and the menu, you know, usually like a DVD menu like plays clips from the movie. Mm-hmm. This has like a 10 second clip of John David Washington walking up to the glass with the bullet hole in it. Mm-hmm. And then the title comes on and the, it just stays on that for the rest of the menu. Like even the DVD menu doesn't show you anything. <laughs> so I, I do love that. And I think that as we go into, uh, you know, this more like streaming uh, landscape where it's not about, you don't have guaranteed butts at seats, butts and seats at the theater anymore. That mystique, that, that showmanship that Nolan is such a champion of, I do worry that that'll go away. Um, and I think that that's a great aspect of this movie. Like my temperature on Tenet is uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very exciting. It looks really great. It has great performances in it. Um, it's got some incredible IMAX photography. Uh, I had a really hard time understanding it. I think the plot is far too confusing. I think the audio mix is abysmal. Um I was able to watch it for the second time with subtitles on the Blu-ray, and that better tremendously experience. helped me. Yeah, it was yeah. it was tremendous. But way better experience. You shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to watch a movie with subtitles just to hear what's being said. That's a fact. Um, and and just to be able to follow all the different nouns of the things in the plot because there's so much going on that if I you know when it was just being spoken, I couldn't follow anything. I saw this movie in the theater and walked out and said. I think that was good. I don't really know what happened, but I, th- I think I liked it. Oh, yeah. That's that's how I feel about my one viewing. Yeah. I I just don't really know if I liked it or not. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. And I'm very lost. I can right. I can solidly say that I did like it. Um it gave me everything that I was actually looking for. Um notwithstanding the horrible sound mixing. Like I had a very hard time understanding what people were saying. I actually rewatched it last night and I did not have the luxury of subtitles because, you know, I watched it how we watch things. And <laughs> how you and, watch things. <laughs> okay, Tracy. Um, <laughs> so, don't, don't put me in that I, felonious. I, I didn't, I didn't, the hit dog will holler because I did not define who we was. Hit dog will holler. Your like, that was, that's real. <laughs> so, that's real. So, um, I I mean, it's funny, like, I was more confused after the second watch than I was after the first one, because I guess, like, 
I don't know. It, it was a lot going on. And I kind of, I had so much time had passed between my first viewing and my second viewing that it kind of felt like I was watching it for the first time again. Obviously, because I know what's going to happen. I caught right. things the second time around that I didn't catch the first time around. But I still found myself having to really, really pay attention. I think I was yeah. really dialed into it in the theater. And I was just like, okay, I'm following this. I'm following this. Because I was trying really, really hard. Um, mm -hmm. As opposed to something like Inception, I didn't have to try so hard with Inception. I had to try extremely. Right. And, and Inception had lots of things to keep up with. But yes. like, there was a point where I was like, I don't even know. Like the final, st I was like, I don't even know what they're doing. Like, what are they even doing? <laughs> Yo, I, that's what yes, I was, when exactly. I was, when I was texting y'all, like continuously, that's where I was at. I was like, Yo. What is happening? I literally have no idea what is going on. And I I like to believe I'm normally pretty good at keeping up. Like I was I I I was like the meme where the the guy throws the papers in the air. Like I just was like, yo, I don't I was like I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I'm so. the 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 analogy that I gave to it, you know, I watched it with my wife last mm -hmm. night. And the analogy that I gave, I was like, y'all ever seen King of the Hill? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the cartoon, the, the TV show. The cartoon. Yeah, so you're yeah, familiar yeah. with like Boomhauer. Yeah, right. Boomhauer. Boom yo, I did. To <laughs> me, this movie was like Boomhauer, man. It's like, yo, because I can hear a few words of what he's saying, it feels intelligent. I think he's saying something <laughs> intelligent, but I just can't understand completely what he's saying. You know, um, it's like and, I know and, this is smart, and I want to get it so bad. Like, and I want to get I, it so bad. I kind of do, but I. <laughs> But exactly, man. And, and that's how this film felt to me, man. It was like, and it was like CrossFit in a way where it's like it didn't give you a chance to like your muscles to rest between, your, you know, between your exercises. Your muscles to rest in between exercises. We just went from like action to fast dialogue to more action to fast dialogue. And yeah. it's like, you know, even the dialogue felt like it was scored like an action film. And you're like, yo, why is this dialogue so intense? Like, what are they saying that's so intense? And, like, and I can't hear what they're saying breath. in the first place. Yeah, right. it was a lot going on. Every man. time they would do a scene change, it's like your my ears would have to like reset to try to understand them. So yeah. generally, the dialogue that's spoken when the scene would change, that's lost. That's lost, like gone. Like it would take <laughs> a second to catch up. Yeah. Like it, I, I put in the text, it sounded like they were the they were overmodulated, almost too bassy. And too mm. garbly. So the thing behind that is that Nolan is very adamant about not doing ADR, which I know we all know what that is, but like additional dialogue replacement, recording, automated, whatever. There's people who put different letters in there, but it's basically when you go back in and track dialogue after the fact because right. you didn't have the best audio on the day. Right. Um, he does not do that. And... You're talking about a guy who only shoots on film, most of the time 35. A lot of this is shot on IMAX, which is 65 millimeter. Those cameras are loud. They're doing stuff in real cars. They're like, they have real guns on set that are firing blanks. Like, this is not the best opportunity to capture clean dialogue mm -hmm. audio. And that's what he insists on using. Uh, and, and it's not that he's unaware that people can't hear his movies because people said the same thing about Dunkirk. Um, but I think this is just what, where he's at right now. He just, he likes what he were, likes. But there were scenes that were like them in a coffee shop and shit and, yeah. they, and they still didn't get good audio. You You're know, right. like I was just like, 
you, I mean, I get the whole battle scene, but like, you can't have two people talking at a table and get good audio. Yeah. yeah. So but he wonder, still uses Foley, right? Though, like he. I, I don't know if he does. I do. I mean, he must. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I would would think so. Yeah, you got to use folly, man. I mean, that's kind of like if you didn't. There's just sounds that just don't happen. (laughs) Yeah, it would. It has to be created. Like he's really firing bullets into cars and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. So he just got a mic right by it. I truly wonder what his what his sound department how they really feel about that because it's because ultimately this is a representation on them. You know. do you remember when this came out? Other directors were even saying that they didn't like the sound mix in it. Yeah, and 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 I gotta say, I mean, you know, I usually stand behind Christopher Nolan to some degree, you know, because I I think I understand. I personally feel like I understand his mission, you know, and he's he's just a true, you know, uh, he's just a true purist, you know, and and probably one of the last like box office, you know, marvels that's still an auteur that we have. Like I can't really see it being push too much further than what him and like Denny Villeneuve kind of offer to the game. I don't know. Um, I think Adil and Bilal from uh, uh, <laughs> Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, I think don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they Those fall into the same category. Those guys are talented. They're talented <laughs> guys. They, they are, but I don't think they fall into the same category, man. Like, no, like, they don't. That's yeah. Joke. Oh, okay. That's a joke. <laughs> he was definitely good. joking. Okay. Good. 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 We can. I think he was kind of. Tro- like I think guys, he was trolling so. Corey a little bit. He was trolling Corey. <laughs> What I we we bonded over the fact that we thought Bad Boys wasn't that, that yeah. Bad Co- uh, Treasy's the one who hated yeah, it. Corey yeah, and I were kind of trolling me. Right. You were the, you were adamant that you hated it. Uh, you know what? I just had a revelation about Tenet though. I think because uh, I think it's intentionally confusing because when they kept talking about how their ignorance was going to save them or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think too like you're supposed to be a little bit confused just because the characters are a little bit confused also like. I don't think you're then supposed, it, supposed to fully get it because they don't either. Sure. I think that you're totally right because there's a lot of lines in there that I think that they serve a double purpose as to say to the audience, like, hey, it's okay if you don't really get what's going on. But then I do think the the cardinal sin of it is that when you get to that third act set piece, uh, it really is hard to tell what the F is going on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't know what was going on either. And at, by that point, you need to understand in order to be emotionally invested. Yeah, so so just before we dive into that, I gotta say, from a craftsman perspective, th- these were some of the best action scenes in terms of like the logistics of it. You know, I, I I don't know if that's said enough, but logistically, as a filmmaker, I was watching that trying to figure out how in the hell did they do a lot of these action sequences that like the, in the third act, but then also. Uh, specifically when they were fighting in the like the, the Oslo airport, you know, the mm-hmm. little, uh, you know, yeah. the hallway when scene. one person, yes, one person's fighting forward, one person's you know fighting, uh, in, in you know introverted or uh, inverted, inverted. <laughs> introverted. They're fighting inverted, and it was like the choreography of that is fucking amazing. Does anybody have any insight into that? Like how they, how him and Hoyt I think and I, Hoyt I read an article that it's it's a mixture of a lot of different things. It's a mixture of choreographed you know i'm i'm looking like i'm moving backwards yeah Mm -hmm. and then there's a mixture of footage that actually is backwards yeah uh and then special effects and compositing and things like that so um i think he's a master probably of i don't think he shoots a lot of coverage i think he's like this is what we're doing this is how we're gonna do it and he knows 
which shots to get and how to do them. So I, I think it's a mixture of a different, a lot of different techniques. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So with that in an eggshell, back to what Lizzie was saying. Yeah. Uh, totally confusing. But I, I tell you what, I had, a, I had a very huge revelation about uh, a signature of Nolan's that I don't think we really expressed it when we did our Christopher Nolan episode. Um, but it, it kind of rang very loud to me upon the second watch here. Uh, of tenant and what i started to realize and it's probably it's probably one of those things when i say it everybody's like yeah duh treasy you know um he does a lot of convoluting who's the real bad guy and who's the real good guy in his stories you know and 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 i found myself saying the the question that i found myself asking this this go around was yo is the protagonist First of all, him being named the protagonist, you know, should have hit me to this. Could he be considered a bad guy as well in Tenet? Could no. John David Washington be considered? How come? Why Why do you say that? He was literally fighting to save humanity. Yeah. Like, I don't the think other guy was trying to area. end the world. So, <laughs> okay. I'm so, not going to, nah, this is not Star Wars. You can't, like flip it on his head and be like, well, maybe you're the bad guy or you're the bad guy. Like, no, this is, this is not Republicans versus Democrats. Like this nigga tried to kill us all. <laughs> like, okay. So, so <laughs> who sent, who sent Sator the box, the, 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 the first piece of the algorithm and the gold and the gold bricks. Where did that come from? The future. Who? It, that's left that's, vague, but it's the people it's, in the future who want to destroy the past people, right? The bad guys, right? So the whole so remember you said like lines in there. Remember when his wife he was like, she was like, you don't even love me. He was like, if I can't have you, no, no one, one can will. have you. He right. felt the exact same way about the world because he was dying, and that was symbolic right. of the people in the future who felt like you've destroyed the world for us in a way that we can't enjoy it. So we would rather not live. And in addition to that, we're not even going to let you enjoy your life. We're going to kill your ass. And then we won't exist. And it doesn't matter. Allegedly the paradox. Okay. Or whatever. Well, I, I think that they were, they were taking a, the future people, right. Are also taking a gamble because like Robert Pattinson says with the, in regard to the grandfather right. paradox, right. That you, it's unknowable what would really happen. And so I think that that's, it's so desperate in the future that they're willing to roll the dice. Like this might work out or we'll be totally annihilated, but either way we got to try to do whatever this algorithm situation is. Right. So, so here's what I found myself saying in memento, right? The whole thing about memento, when we get to the end, we realize that Lenny was really the architect of the, the bullshit that he was trying to solve. Right. That was the whole that was the whole thing. Right. We had that that, you yeah. know, that. OK. Right. He's his I've, own worst enemy. Now, when I look at the protagonist, when, you know, a, a lot of what people were saying was like, yo, what is this relationship with him and the the the, the lady? What was her name? What's uh, Elizabeth Debicki's name in this? Whatever. It was. Catherine. That Ava, cat, Catherine. Yeah. Something. Cat, yeah. Cat. Cat, cat. There you go. Um. It's clear that he is this he's sort of a white knight, right? Like this guy is like he needs something to fight for. That's kind of my interpretation of the protagonist. We didn't know anything else about him other than like, you know, he's willing to put his his life on the line for the shits 
and you know he's trying to do it with his I guess as little casualties as possible I don't even know if that's like uh, if that's a concern of his but he needs a problem to solve that's kind of like that's that's the only thing I, I seem to know about this guy is that you know he's very comfortable in the midst of um of danger right that's kind of the thing so it's so what I found myself saying is, is it unfathomable that he was the architect of this entire plan just to just to have himself be the white knight? Does that make sense? And it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. Yeah, I see where I see where you're going with that. Uh, I just think that's a crazy that's a crazy leap to make when this character I don't think he's intentionally vague. I think that Christopher Nolan just kind of enjoys using like cipher characters, and I just think that that's the example for John David Washington here. I don't think there's that much going on under the surface with my reading of the script, but I think that you you are onto something, and you have an idea that's not it's not well it's well put together. I see. Well, I see where you're going. I, I was going to yeah. piggyback on on Treasy is that I mean that is a common theme of Nolan films is mm-hmm. who is the bad guy or as Chandler said, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy, you know, like you're, you know, you're, be, you are the one that's keeping you from what you need to be great. So, I mean, if, if you don't agree with Treasy, then, then what in this case, in this movie, because Nolan always tends to be pretty consistent, you know, what, who would be, what aspect of this film would fulfill that? I don't, I don't, disagree with Treasy because it's clear the thing that you have to keep in mind is that whatever happens it always happens whatever's going to happen happens right Right. so because of that he was always going to travel backward to engineer you know backwards from his death like to engineer the situation so that he could save the world he was always going to do that um, because things that happen always happen so no you're not wrong he definitely created a situation where he could get things done the way that they needed to get done. Um, they just got introduced to him on the back end of something he was ignorant about. But in terms of the actual problem, I don't think he manufactured the problem himself. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, and that's not what I'm saying. Like and, and, oh. and if that's how it came that's, off, that is how it came out. Okay. Yeah, my I bad. totally I, thought that's I, what I, you were I saying. I, I think, I think um, the problem existed and the opportunity to become the hero presented itself and he ran with that loop does that make sense like the problem's already here so okay because what i what i didn't catch the first go around um was he was saying that basically every like um the the arms dealer lady like she was working Rhea. for him. yeah Rhea. she you know she she was working for him um so there is some influence that he had over this world, right? So, like, if, if she was working for him, in what capacity was she working for him? You know, like, it's it's for misinformation or – do you understand what I'm saying? He like, created I, I the really plan have... once he had that revelation, but whatever happens always happens. So if you if – you, we go back to Interstellar, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's the same thing with, with Coop and, like – the only reason he's there is because he led himself there and he doesn't know that it's him bringing him there. It's the exact same situation. It, that's exactly. Well, it, yes. And, 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 
and it followed. That, but that's the th- that just seems to be the consistent theme with Nolan is that like the, that time be, time sort of washes away your intention, and then your intention becomes a whole other thing because of the element of time. You, you know what I mean? Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> I, but I feel I'm not like explaining I, I, I do understand what you're saying. There's a, there's a loop, right? So the causation yep. is there on the back end and it's just that we're experiencing it, um, in reverse order and memento. We experience it. Um, we experience the situation in, uh, this movie, the exact same way that we experienced it in interstellar. The, the character creates a situation for themselves in the future. Um, that stretches back to their past and they're just thrown into it and they have no idea where it's coming from. They haven't even had the thoughts to create the situation yet. So they're just trying to figure it out. Um, which is really interesting. Cause like, how do you know, like, you know, when Coop sends itself the coordinates or, or when, um, you know, uh, Neil is sent to talk to, to the protagonist, like how do, how do you know that like, that that's when you need to send them. I guess you know because it's already happened. And in order for it to right. happen, you know what you need to do. But it's like it's like a a time loop. It's a it's a situation yeah. of your own creating from the future that you did to influence the past. And like yeah. the idea that we should be able to wrap our heads around how that would happen as we experience time in a very linear, normal manner is like crazy to me. This is like a rival. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing about. And and I know obviously Nolan's obsessed with this, but like I don't think the average American cinema goer uh, can understand the idea of temporal loops and how you sort of have to remove causality from the situation because, like in this version of the story that we're seeing, there is no causality. The causality happens like prior to the loop being created, and so we're experiencing cre- characters already in the loop. I mean, these are kind of like. Just very nerdy, like you really yeah. have to think about it a lot, <laughs> concepts. And I enjoy puzzling through that. I did find it a little uh, a little tedious with this, more than a little tedious with this particular example. But I, I do think that, you know, when people refer to Nolan's films as, as stuffy or, or like overly intellectual, I think that's the problem. Is I mean, you can't have a passing knowledge of how that works and understand this movie. Yeah. A passing knowledge is not enough in this case. Well, for me... It was so I, I think Inception is a great way to handle this. You know, Inception had this I mean, I was telling Treasy is like, yo, Inception had triple dream layers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and I was still able to to understand that. And it had a technology that they gave you just enough information and not enough to keep you balanced. You know? I think this was Inception with the volume turned too high. So you know, it was no Inception without the primer. Like, because he gives you the primer. He has <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, walk Ellen Page through exactly what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. he throws you yeah. into the world, and you're like, what's going on? And it's like, okay, you see what we're doing, Now I'm going to tell you how we're doing it. And th- yeah. it never quite lands in Tenet the same way. I feel like he even lands it in Inception, that, like, okay, this is what's going on. Like, yeah, But I mean, he, he doesn't had to land do... it here at all. He had to do a little bit of I, I, basic moviegoer. He had to spoon feed you a little bit, just enough so that your viewer needs to pay attention but isn't, isn't feeling lost. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like this movie failed. Mm-hmm. It was like they threw us into Christopher Nolan's mind and said, good luck. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think that's that's I don't I'm not gonna say that's bad movie making. I I, I don't know what that is. And it just bothers me. What helped me he, in Inception was him introducing the concept of the layers of the dreams being an elevator. So I yeah. just kept mm. thinking, I'm on this floor, now I'm on this floor, now I'm on this floor. And he did that like subconsciously. He didn't tell you you're on an elevator, but like when motherfuckers like on the elevator, I'm like, oh shit. And you're on the elevator several times, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he keeps giving you that concept. So subconsciously, like that's how I was thinking about it. And that's how I was able to keep up with where we were in the story yeah. to say like, okay, we're back on the ground floor again. But like, I agree with you, Corey. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it other than like, it is disorienting, but I'm okay with that. I, I kind of like it when movies are smarter than me. I don't like to get to the end of the movie and feel like, oh, I could have fucking did that. That was stupid. Like, I can't, no, I can't do uh, that. Like, this movie is smarter than me. But this Inception. movie's still very predictable. You can predict the plot twist True. coming from a mile away. And and that's not a negative because that's fine. That's, you know, if you're sowing the seeds of what's going to happen later on, that's good storytelling. But it it it's smarter than us. But to what end? For what reason? Well, right. what I was going to say too is that Inception also does the typical first act. It kind of gives you gives you the meat, and then it sprinkles it sprinkles a little bit throughout, hey, and, and allows the the twist and turns to have a little bit of explanation. Tenant gives you one scene with the the woman military person who explains about air and fire, which. I had to rewind because I was like, what did you just say? You didn't pay attention she, to physics class is what that was. <laughs> Yo, she was, she was like, you know, you can't breathe. You got to put the air on and don't get near fire because blah, 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 blah. Good luck. Yeah. And <laughs> because because yeah. reverse entropy and fucking thermodynamics. I, I know. But like, did not pay attention in physical but science. I, I listened. But the point was, was that this dude just went through the revolving door right. normally reserved for Delhi. <laughs> and <laughs> and and then was like, guess what? You get to go on a mission. Oh, and you know, I, I still don't even know how do you get back. Because um, I'm assuming that his character is lost in time. That's what I'm assuming. No, he just but, has to find a, a turnstile. Yeah. 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 No. Be- well, no, 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 no. Because what the movie way- did you fucking watch? <laughs> the, I, I don't know. I don't know what movie I watched. Corey, the at way- the end of the movie, he's back on. He's back going forward. No, time. no, 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 no. Okay. Yes. So the way that I interpreted this movie was that if you would like to go ten ten days into the past, you have to go through the turnstile and then spend ten days correct. in the past. Right. That is correct. So. When you're 10 days into the past and you want to turn around, then don't you have to spend another 10 days going forward? And then isn't there already a version of you there? All of that happens in the movie, Corey. I know, and I'm fucking lost. (laughs) (laughs) They said that you have to just avoid the other version of you. It's like classic time travel movie logic. Like, don't bump into yourself. So there. So for um, the protagonist, since he's offset the the clock a little bit, yeah, there's always gonna be two of him or running more. around in the world. Uh, so, but he, he's we Marty McFly. That... You totally got it when fucking so, Marty did it. Why is it a problem now? Because Marty could <laughs> go Thor back did the shit, to Captain his... America. No, and you were cool. No, but you're giving John Davis no. Washington problems. Come on now. No, because Marty could always go back to his own time. Now right. the protagonist 
and future protagonists are in the same time, but and they're just moving like this. So like y'all got y'all got the same I, apartment. I got it. Future protagonist is actually in the past. They say this. So the enemy is in the future, sending things backward to current time. In order to combat that from the future, John David Washington, the older version of him, is in the past setting up Tenet, the organization that will eventually employ Robert Pattinson and later on himself. And then at the end of the movie, he finds out that he is the guy who founded Tenet in the past. So, yeah, he's not really going to experience, like, you know, the, the rest of the 2020s, right? He's going to go back and set up Tenet. So he's going to the past to set up the uh, answer to the threat from the future, if that may. And now, and I'm not saying that's easy to understand. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to criticize you, but that is what he's getting at. I I didn't catch that. <laughs> and then he's also only ten days into the past, bro. He goes like he, back it, into the fucking machine and like sleeps. They sleep. Did you notice that too? They kept sedating themselves so they could sleep, and time would go faster for them. Because they oh, were maybe I maybe I missed maybe I missed the sedated part in the yellow zone. I might have missed. Okay, when I they were in the cont- in the shipping container and they were like giving them their own oxygen, their own inverted oxygen or whatever. Okay, may have missed. Yeah. the whole sedation part. Neil totally like that. sedates cat, and then he sedates his fucking self. Like all of that happened. But then there's still a version of you running around so like you just avoid that nigga like that's what he did and and when the one the two the one time that he didn't that's, he had on a whole suit where he couldn't like touch his actual skin because there you know what that means that means that, that's where that's what credit card fraud is it means it's someone <laughs> that's someone like i'm telling you this movie's weird this movie's fucking weird hey, d- he, don't try to he wants it. us to be confused and he's mad that we're not confused so so like yo so if i go back in time and there's two Corys running around he's still asking questions <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I feel what he's saying though. Like, like, out. <laughs> so 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 you know what I found myself saying too is that a lot of there's a lot of quotes in this movie where it seems like they're really directed to the audience as opposed to you know we're we're Martin's term that he introduced me to where you know John David Washington is the audience surrogate so so when he's talking to the lady who's explaining inversion to him she's like you know don't try to understand it just feel it you know what I mean I think that was a line for us you know I think when um when he walked into and uh and Michael Caine was hat was eating and he walked in there and uh and basically Michael Caine was like yo I'm, I'm I'm already like eating a lot and he's like Yo, I'll catch up to you. I feel like that was for us too. It's like, you know, we were thrown into this, we were thrown into this half-eaten dinner, dinner party, and like now we have to try to stuff our face to catch up. And that's how the pacing of it felt too. You know what I mean? Um, Can I just so, say so, that that was one of the most con- that conversation that he has with Michael Caine and his first conversation with Elizabeth Debicki are some of the most confusing dialogue. They kept saying motherfuckers' names, and I'm like, who are these people? Why do yeah. I give a fuck about them? I haven't seen them yet. You haven't established who they are. You gave me like 20 names at one time. I still don't know who the fuck a repo is. Like, who are these people? <laughs> the uh, furthermore, Yo. on that point, the whole first hour of the movie is about this painting situation uh-huh. and like all about the art and it actually has no it's it, from my understanding of the movie after watching it two times the painting is pretty much it, it is a non-factor in the rest of the story it is only the impetus for the story to begin 
but it's like a key plot point for a whole hour, which is very confusing. So well, for ahead. me, I, I so what was she had a fake painting, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even okay. want to get into this, so, of course. So <laughs> no, this is the crazy part. No, this is good. I didn't even Not know good. Arepo was a person. Like I thought they were just saying a like that was like code for a reproduction or something. Like it was right. fake, and they were calling a they were calling it a repo. So, I was like, oh, okay, a reproduction. Oh, it's a fucking person. So okay. the stone of Sappho. Do you remember I put the picture up? That's the inspiration for tennis. So everything in the stone of Sappho appears. So the dude's name is Sappho, right? And then Sator. Sator, sorry. Sator. I'm, I'm all the yeah, way wrong. Sator, like a Sator Square. Sator Square. That's right. Thank you. Treasy has it written on a post-it. I was so, ready for so this. All of, so, so if you look like this, you can read this in every direction. And yep. a repo is just opera backwards. Yep. Yeah. It's it's palindromic. Palindromes. They're like not palindromes. Tenet. They're anagrams. But uh, no, that's actually incorrect, Treasy. I'm sorry. Tenet is a is a, a palindrome. Is a palindrome. Tenet yeah, but, is a palindrome, but, and tenet is also the collective noun for palindromes. So, but listen, when you look I'm at, telling you, it's a, you could look up the Sator Square. It's a it's the whole structure of it is palindromic that the square can be read from any. It can yeah, be read so, forwards and backwards from. So any this way, this way, it's it's palindromic. But in in this way, I understand what I understand what Lizzie's saying. Like this is not that right. right? This is that. This is that. Right. This is that. Right. And then this is that. Right. Treasy always that. just trying to shoot me down. Treasy trying to act like so I. So I love to how he's no, pointing no. with his fingers as though we're not on the goddamn <laughs> well, audio on format. Podcast, not, so like the yeah. I got to release the video. About, but we'll put up <laughs> That's so that a great point. Yeah. On the gram. So why did I say so, Stone of Sappho? Why did I pull that out of my ass? Is that from another uh, movie? <laughs> Uh, it could it could be, but it sound it sounded good. But definitely oh, it sounds like a good enough square. The, ju- the juice of Sappho, <laughs> the stains come. <laughs> I set my mind in motion. <laughs> so, so for any so so for all new. of our listeners, so for all of our listeners, what what we were talking about is called Sator Square. Go to uh, you know Google Sator Square, and and that has the visual representation of what we're talking about. But um, I'm gonna post it right now. Yeah. Uh, so, I get what Lizzie was saying too about it being an anagram. I th- the structure of the square is, is like palindromic, but it is all the opera and a repo are anagrams. I I went to high school. I graduated with a four point four GPA. I was very smart. So I just hey, want you guys to know that it has it has and it has all the the currency in the world in this conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean thing. honestly, I <laughs> I went so far after I got that. So look at me now. Look at me. So, so cool. You'd be really found... pissed if I told you my GPA. I got a full scholarship to college. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck? I hate you." But it's okay. Oh, wow. It was so, not a four point four. It's my it's my own fault that I am in the lot in life that I occupy. Which you have a fucking awesome life. Shut up. Oh, Lizzie. <laughs> Stop. So Corey, I felt you, man. I mean, I, I I definitely felt you, especially you know my first foray into this film. Like I, it was, it, you know just trying to wrap your head around what's happening is just, it's just, it's a task in itself. Um, I'll say, I'll say this about how I felt about watching it. This go around. I felt like Christopher Nolan is a very conflicted individual. I feel like if it wasn't for, for the business in the art of filmmaking, Christopher Nolan would be a very sketchy individual. Uh, He would just be like a very (laughs) like sketchy, probably an amazing criminal. Um, and, and and the reason why I say that is because I think he 
I feel <laughs> Martin's like face right this, now is everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like he spends a lot of time. He spends a lot of time just convoluting the idea of good guys and bad guys. You know, I know you guys. I know you. You guys are kind of off this, and you feel like, you know, him. You know, the protagonist is, you know, without a doubt, unequivocally like a a good guy. But I, I'm sticking with the idea. I mean, they gave us a visual representation representation of him fighting himself. In that fight, he was the protagonist, but he was also the antagonist in that specific fight, right? But the only reason why we don't label it that way is because we understood both ways that he got there, the intentions of him on both sides of that, right? So so that kept us from labeling it as a bad guy, but in a vacuum without the inversion of time, right, without time collapsing on itself, in that moment there was a good guy and there was a bad guy. The only thing that separates it is the intention. Am I am I am I am I wrong here? You you guys with me? I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that it goes beyond that. I don't see I don't see that idea extrapolated any further. So I I, I don't I, we don't see it because we don't see anything outside of his perspective. So you, you understand what I'm saying? So so okay. For instance, uh, Cat got shot because because of him. You understand what I'm saying? Because of his because of his because of him on a mission and his ambition, Cat got shot. Period. So he was he was uh, a consequential cause to something bad that happened in her life. Hmm. You, you, you kind of get what I'm saying? It's, it's I do, like, but I just think that it's Sator is evil and he's good. And I just don't I well, like I get what you're saying, but I think the purpose the intent behind what you're describing is just to be like surprising and just like, Oh wow, that's crazy. We saw this fight and we didn't know that John David Washington was also the other guy. I think so. If we're talking about this in a vacuum, but we're talking about it in reference to Christopher Nolan. And that is a theme for him. You know, uh, Will Dormer at some point, you know, he struggled with good intention you know, the convolution of intention over time and mixed up with him being, you know, in, in this place that never goes dark, you, you know, uh, the prestige, you know, who was who was really the bad guy in the prestige. Right. Like both they both of them had their... <laughs> But you, you understand what I'm saying? Though? I do understand like... what you're saying. I don't I don't I think that, you know, bringing it back to him being a cause of her getting harmed. I think that is also the catalyst for him feeling responsible for her and her son through time. He's like, I have put you in harm's way to, to accomplish my mission. And now I am responsible for keeping you alive and keeping you safe. I don't right. think that it serves any purpose beyond that. Like Taylor was saying, I don't think that that then puts him in the position of an anti-hero. I don't think that that's what he becomes at any point in the story. He is the protagonist through and through. Yeah. James Bond has gotten so many people killed and so many women yeah. killed. It's like, and he's still a hero <laughs> at the end of the day. Like he's never portrayed as like an antihero until like the um the recent movies, mm-hmm. I guess. Then you could kind of see him, especially in Casino Royale, as an antihero. But right, right. I mean, yeah, that whole flawed hero thing. I agree that Nolan does mess with that trope a lot. I mean, that is clearly what he's interested in. In addition to, I I, I, I would go stuff. as far. I would go as far as to say I think he's more interested in that than he is time itself. I think I he uses. 
I, I don't know about that. I know it's 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 a hard case to make because you look at his logo for his, <laughs> you know, you look at you just look at everything. But I think that I think that time is the tool that he's using to express what he's really trying to say, which is is that we all are inherently can be very good and very bad. Like so that is so that's what brings me to, the, that's what brings me to. If it wasn't for filmmaking, I think that he would be a very like he would he's spending his time trying to convince us this is what i'm gathering that he's trying to convince us that people uh that people the decisions that people make over time depending on where you stand in that equation is how you're going to look at it I, sure. anyway man this is I, I'm fighting I, a losing battle i totally agree with you i i, I just I, I think this movie is Christopher Nolan is just, you know, blowing his wad, man. It is, it is completely his jerking off to time and (laughs) jerking off to, you know, every, I mean, I agree with you, Tracy, is every single film that he has done plays with time and it plays with where that person is in that time. And then obviously the relationship with the viewer of that, that, that method. And this film is literally about moving time around. Like, it, I mean, every other film was just cre- a creative decision where I, he's just chosen to present time to you in a different way. Whereas this film is literally time going backwards. And I think it's just a jerk off to time. Right. Uh, I'll so say this. So the takeaway is that oh. Nolan just is sitting somewhere with a fucking stopwatch, just wanking. Oh, clock! Yeah, just, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe maybe but, I could do it five seconds faster here. Yo, I I really do because this this movie is the literal execution of the themes that he has presented in his films, which has always yes. been ma- the manipulation of time and its presentation to the viewer. Yeah. Um, and this film is. L- people in it this film is literally about time going backwards yeah you know martin had something to say oh yeah i'll say this like i think this movie doesn't bother me as much as you guys because like i think i said in the in the um chat yeah i think i said in the chat that like i watched primer and that's a movie i watched it the first time didn't understand it watched it the second time didn't understand it Read a diagram about it, still didn't understand it. <laughs> so does it's the like, story have a happy ending? <laughs> nah, I don't. I wouldn't really say it's a happy ending. Nah. <laughs> you still don't understand the movie. <laughs> but but yeah, it's like uh, I mean, in some ways, I still don't understand Primer, but it's still a fun movie. It's still good characters, and I still had a good time watching it. And even even the attempt of trying to figure it out is like fun for me. So I don't really get frustrated at watching this because this is like preschool math compared to like primer. So interesting. That's, My that's counterpoint to you, Martin, would be primer is like the smallest of small indie sci-fi movies and basically exists just as an experiment of like, what if you really took time travel and its logic seriously? And I think that that is primer is a very fun movie and I also don't understand it for the record. Uh, this movie is Christopher Nolan being like, everyone needs to go to the theater to see my movie, to see this blockbuster. I'm keeping the film industry alive. I'm the last guy shooting big movies on IMAX. Uh, the, these movies are for everybody. I'm the chairman of, of, of Hollywood. 
Um, but then you make something that's so dense that like, even if theaters were like all the way open, I think the fact that people couldn't go out and see this probably helped its public perception because if everybody's cousin and, and grandmother and uncle were to go see this movie, they would walk out being like, man, I don't know what the hell I just watched. Yeah. So that's where well, I everybody. think the difference that's is. That's how I feel. I, all of us did to some degree. Yeah. So. Well, I, th- I think they would still see the action scenes and be like, I, I don't regret paying to watch this movie. Like, especially that opening scene. I, yeah. I really liked the like the opening scene. I, I actually, the ending I, I thought was, uh, that didn't blow me away, to be honest with you. Uh, the opening scene was. I, I really enjoyed the opening scene. Yeah. I agree. The ending is is not, it's the third most exciting of the three big set pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the I, I, the car chase was was dope. Yeah, um, car chase was amazing. Oh, I knew you would I love that, f- Corey. Yeah, yeah, cars flipping in, in <laughs> inverted. In yeah, yeah, inverted yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I actually I think that's what saves the film is that it is shot very well. Um, the editing is very well. the The score is very very is done very well. It's the same the composer action's... as a Mandalorian, by the way. Nice. the 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 it's action is is well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I I just. It's not done cheaply or in poor taste, you know. It's just it's a dense movie, as you said. Yeah. The score reminded me of like The Matrix back in the day, and I've always thought The Matrix was ahead of its time. That highway yeah. scene uh, from The Matrix Two kind of sounds like uh, a lot yeah. of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, at what point did the protagonist enter into this tapestry of uh, of of time? Right where we see the movie start. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right when we see We're it. experiencing okay, so that, it just like yeah. that. His life was normal up until that moment. So the opera, so the, so what happened at the opera preceded that? Yeah, he was like a, well, he's like a normal CIA or whatever special forces kind of guy until the opera thing. And then after that, when he wakes up with the boy from uh, from Insomnia, that's when he's getting wrapped into the whole Okay, scenario. but but that was literally the, the opera. Then that that wasn't like a that wasn't like a three card Monty, right? No, that his his no. his experience. If we're experiencing time in like a linear fashion, mm-hmm. his which we are right because he doesn't see himself um, in the future past past um, what's happening there. We he knows that he exists in the past to be able to be coming forward to this point, but we he doesn't see himself because he can't right. Um, even when he is seeing himself, he's doing so without the realization that it's him, right? So he just knows that he's being thrown into this situation and up until the situation at the opera, his life is completely normal. Yeah. He's not aware until the end of the movie that he has any involvement in it beyond what we saw in the movie either. Correct. Like when Robert Pattinson explains it to him, that's when he gets that, oh, I've been wrapped up in this for you know the universe has had me always entwined with this whole situation Hmm. but that's not revealed until the end so i have a question because i kind of was waiting for this reveal and it never happens in the movie and nolan just kind of leaves it up to you to determine do you think that neil is max i was wondering about that i mean the different names I, i feel like if there was ever a line where nolan wrote in like John David you. Washington questioning Neil's name, like being like, is that even your real name? 
If if that line existed in the movie, I would think so. Chandler, but I, don't I know. got you, Chandler. I got what? you because when you guys when you guys introduced this at first, I, I wasn't on board. Right? I, I I was like, I don't know. I got you though, Chandler, with the name. What's Max short for? Maximilian. Maximilian. Spell Maximilian backwards. Uh, I mean, Nile. Neil is the last four letters of but, Maximilian. But his backwards. name's not spelled with an O in the movie. No, shut up. No, Maximilian. <laughs> L-I-E-N. Is that how people no, spell? Matt, it's, no, it's I-O-N. You're all the way wrong. It's... <laughs> No, no, but oh but, yeah, it would be <laughs> no Max. Think of no Maximilian. I'm googling Maximilian, like to see but what comes. That's up. not the only way to spell it. People spell my name with a Y instead of an I. But that's but not Maximil- even your real name. What Tremaine? Oh, well, Jesus Christ! What are you talking about? I Oh no, I'm I'm cool. Trizzy, I like where your head's at with that. I'm not I, trying I like to shoot you, down it. I like that you went there, but I'm going to well, go I, with the first two letters of that are N and O. So here's, here's <laughs> okay, there is a French lawyer, a French lawyer that died in 1794 <laughs> named Maximilian uh, Maximilian or Maximilian? Because those are two different names. Maximilian, let me, let me put it right in the chat. Well, I'll just spell it out. M-A-X-I-M-I-L-I-E-N. But then Neil's name would be spelled N E I L, and it's not. It's spelled I E L, isn't it? Right. It's spelled I E L. I don't know. I'm gonna look. Isn't it Neil N E A L? Like, what are we talking about here? Like N E I L. Or I've Neil can be N E A L. Like Neil. Like yeah. We're, we're, here's here's what I don't understand. I'm, I'm giving you guys <laughs> the answer. I'm giving you the look in the chat. I'm, I'm giving you the Robert answer. Robert on this page to see how his name is spelled. I'm giving oh, you guys it is, the answer. You're, no, you're right. You're right. It is it, it is spelled that way, like the end of that name that you just put in the chat. That exactly. strange spelling of Maximilian. So so that's so so <laughs> that when one I, that when you I had started, to like find a whole French motherfucker uh, to justify a guy from two hundred. I mean, this ago, is a European lawyer. filmmaker. This is a European filmmaker. Why why can't we go to the French example? Christopher Nolan ain't French. Uh, now, you know what, cheesy. I mean, so as, as, mafia. As, as far as you had to reach to 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 pull that one, you did pull it. You deserve I, I can't it. argue. Yeah, I can't uh-huh. argue with your logic. You you supported it. Thank you. I very like much. it. Thank you. I like very it. Much. Now, okay, now Madonna, I think, stop uh, taking a bow. Calm down. The, <laughs> now now I think yeah maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that is her son. Yeah, I I think it has to be right. I with this logic think that it's I just the presented. Son. It's just this whole idea of like it's an anagram. I'm like uh, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, think it could just be his middle name, my nigga. Like, <laughs> it could be, it could be, or it could be exactly what I presented, which is so the name backwards. My my question though is that so Neil would have to go back in time, like what? Correct. It, it, the time don't it, check out. I'll say that. Yeah. So if Robert, if we're gonna go off Robert Pattinson's age, he's probably thirty five. Yeah, maybe somewhere around. Well, if he looks thirty-five so, and he's white, he's probably off forty-five. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so he has to go back in time yeah, you that much. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I'm inverted here. I don't know yeah, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. The time doesn't really add up, and and then and then there's there's tons of times where you know uh, what's his face. Um, 
uh, the protagonist is moving forward and, and he's interacting with Neil in a very forward manner. So Neil, if, if he was his son, he'd have to go back, then go forward, then go back again. And But I, you I have to know. understand when the story starts, Neil's a child. So it's entirely possible yeah, yeah. that he still meets him when he's extremely young. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so I feel like this episode has made me... a bunch of that shit, though. I have sounded yeah. like such a dumbass on this episode because I, I just I hate having to work out things happening in my brain in real time. And this movie is like I'm sweating over here. Like this is a lot. I, I think it's unavoidable. I think I think no matter I think no matter at what point you approach this film, there's going to be you know the paradox is just gonna it's gonna fall apart in your brain because it's just, it's a constant loop. So at some point, like you know, your brain is just going to get tired of like trying to put it together, and it's just going to get exhausted in that way yeah um you know i I don't think it's neil just because i don't think he would save this woman and her child just to let him just to let that kid die in like a Mm. russian military base or something like that later on that would be really messed up thing to do is to be like i'm gonna protect you and your child but he's gonna die like a horrible death i'm sorry say say that again martin that would be a fucked up thing for him to do right making him (laughs) what (laughs) the bad guy so he's the bad guy for saving him that doesn't make any sense and neil made the choice to kill himself that's not something that he caused and neil had to to. die to save the world like you you have to pay attention to how much care he's giving to the cat like he is really like all about if you pay attention like he is all about making sure she's okay I don't know. Like, I think he's Max. I mean, I think so too. But but hearing but hearing what what Martin's saying, um, I think that's a good perspective. Uh, I I think that that's a, it's plausible. You know his 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 case against it. Um, but in the but with your but using your logic, I'm just saying using your logic. If it is indeed his son, then that makes the protagonist kind of fucked up to put him in that position to he doesn't sacrifice know. himself. He doesn't yeah. know. If, if he's instructing himself for the future, essentially we're talking about people from the future overriding the past. You're saying Neil doesn't know he's going to die or you're no, saying Neil that the protagonist doesn't Neil know. Neil knows he has to die. Yeah, he, the protagonist yeah, pretty sure at that he knows point he has to does die. not yeah. know. He doesn't know. And well, he figures it out. Yeah. Happen. It's a John Connorson and Kyle Reese back situation. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, you, but but he's locked in. He has to. I mean, he has to. From yeah. from the protagonist's point of view, he didn't want Neil to die. He's crying at the end of the movie. But yeah, the future protagonist, the older protagonist who's knows. in the past, is sending Neil to die, and he knows. Absolutely. But that, this is a loop. We're arguing causality, and that's you're never going to get to an answer. Yeah. yeah. So so so. What what did Robert the, Pattinson say? It doesn't matter. It's no unknowable. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And that wasn't a bad good. impression. Yeah. So, so I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. See, we're tracking, we're tracking, we're tracking the protagonist from the time that he he's learning this information. But, th- but to Corey's point, there is a whole second version of the protagonist that lives in the future that is orchestrating what's happening in the he, past. He doesn't feel any guilt about it because whatever's happened is always going to happen. So he can't. When you say he, who do you mean? The protagonist in the future, okay. the future past, the past future, that right. X Men shit. So, <laughs> so right. he he Neil has to die for them to save the world. That just has to be it. So whether he's he's Max or not doesn't matter. He can't stop it. It's already in motion. 
in order for him to even get to that point. So whatever happened was always going to happen. Can I pivot a little bit and and ask, did you guys like the, or did you feel emotionally affected by the end of this movie? Because I think I felt pretty cold about all the characters and not in a really negative way. I just didn't feel horribly attached to anybody. Yeah, I Um, didn't care. I didn't care. I thought the end was sweet. I kind of, it's like buddy stuff. They're going to go and have a bunch of adventures. I like that. Yeah, I like that. But I, I mean, but I, I, I definitely know. felt I, I didn't want Robert Pattinson to die. He was probably one of the most charismatic characters in the whole movie. He so was, yeah, he Agreed. was definitely the most likable, and I was disappointed knowing that he was going to die. But we already knew he was going to die at the point where he died, and <clears throat> he comes into the picture to orchestrate so many things at the opera house, also. So yeah, yeah I know. An- so. Another lingering question for me: so when 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 you're somebody like you know Neil. And you go, you go forward. Then you intentionally, you know, break the loop to go backwards, and then you go forwards again, and then backwards. Are there now four versions of yourself? It's all one Not. version of you. <laughs> but it's coexisting in the in the inverted and the forward moving space, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so is there two versions of you going forward and two versions of you going backwards at that point? Depending that on what problem. point in time you're you're inverting. <clears throat> so that was my issue. Was that at the very end, the protagonist is there, mm-hmm. and now he's going forward, and his present self is also going forward. Yeah, but he's going forward farther in the past. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually assuming that he's already dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of lost you too. I assume so, that the older protagonist is in the past, That in my mind. Yes, he's in the past, but I think at mm-hmm. the point where we're encountering John David Washington, his his future self that has now gone into the past is dead. But by, by the conversation that he has with Robert Pattinson at the end, he was like, this is, this is the beginning for me and the end for you. And he basically is telling him like that we've been in this situation before. It was just on the on flipped on its head. So he's already dead. I don't think he exists twice from the point of the opera. I think he's dead like right before that. I like that. Whoa. I like that reading. I'm with you, Corey. I'm I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm baking I'm gone, grits yo. over here, man. I'm <laughs> gone, man. This is Chandler. I feel so connected this to movie, you. Uh, <laughs> you well, know, the okay, only this movie but here's, is a mind fuck. But Corey, and... what's what's the problem if there's multiple ones running around? What do you dislike about that? What do you do with your life if you, if Marty you went back and you saved your motherfucking mama from Biff Tannen? Like, why is this complicated? You, if Chandler, if you went back a year ago, there's still a year ago Chandler yeah. in the universe. So what you just that they y'all said, got two social security cards. You got these are, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but this is these are these guys are like special ops guys who are a hundred percent. Their life is devoted to this mission, so I, it's not an issue. Like, am I going to run into myself at Harris? Well, Teeter? Nolan didn't. Nolan didn't. <laughs> Harris That's what I I'm mean, worried about. I'm worried. Chandler. That you're gonna try to go to Harris Teeter and you're gonna run into yourself, be, or you're gonna like Spider-Man meme. You're not gonna, you're gonna do that because you're because you're not in the same place. Like they right. were, they went back in time and like went to a completely different place than they were before. He was in Moscow and then he was wherever. Where what are if they at you, the end? What if you need a bank loan? What if you need to open up? <laughs> then I will go to Miami. You smart motherfucker, uh, yeah. you. you go I don't know. Your I'm just. I want more. I want more but from this, Nolan. But this movie covers that because John David no, Washington, fi- he fights himself, literally. 
That's a big yeah. reveal. Yeah. So they handle yeah. the the content you're talking about right there, and then also you figure out that this mystery third car during the car chase, and like ten minutes later they reveal that he's also the one in that car. So like they handle this topic. So I'm not saying that you're not making a good point. I just think that the movie <laughs> gives you the answers you need on that on that point. I am not here. Okay. For this film. All right. <laughs> Good night. This movie. This movie sleepy. just. So is this movie just went over my head, and I'm not happy about it. And, <laughs> what did I say so, earlier? He he is he is mad that he did not get it. He is more mad that we're we're like okay, not but, hard. I don't want to be friends. I was in the same. No, I'm not trying to throw shade though, because I was in the same spot when I saw it for the first time, and I just watched it again with subtitles. And I had the Wikipedia yeah. open, it so I feel like cool. I like I. You got to do all that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that's a problem. I agree. That's, that's a, a problem. Big problem. No, that's I a agree problem. with you. We agree. It's it's, it's <laughs> the, definitely a. I, I tell you, if if there's any if there's anything that Nolan is do, currently actively doing to revolutionize filmmaking process it's making it four-dimensional that you have to have google open while you're watching his films and make sure i gotta i gotta you know watch I mean? movies with a notepad like first yeah. of all you need to climb your happy ass in the tesseract with coop and and navigate yeah. three-dimensional oh, fucking time i understood that movie that movie makes that that movie and inception make perfect sense with a little bit extra uh, to go this movie in the first hour you're lost and I think that's just awful. The only yeah. thing I don't understand is why did they have to blow up a plane to go through the turnstile? Like, could they just go through the turnstile? <laughs> I don't even know why they were in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> why well, were they? So, so, okay, the so turnstiles at the airport. Well, it was for the pa- it was the the painting is what led him there. But when when Neil did the scout. When he did the tech scout on the location, um, he realized that it was a farce. There was something they were hiding something bigger in there. So mm-hmm. th- th- I'm wrong, Lizzie. Yes. But like what you have to understand is he gave himself the inception. He told himself that there was a painting that he needed to be chasing because if he had told himself, remember, he's orchestrating it. He had told himself like, yeah, nigga, like we can make you walk backwards through time. Like he'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. Like. He had to sell himself a story that would make enough sense for him to continue to pursue it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so he I'm knows saying, the whole time I'm... in the future what's actually going on to be able to pass himself the kind of intelligence that would yield the result of him understanding. But if he did that too much too soon, it sounds like right. bullshit. But you're talking from the perspective of somebody who's seen it multiple times. I'm talking about going forward from how we experienced it. That was that was the importance of the airport. It wasn't about the painting. The painting led them to to the idea that the that the revolving inversion machine existed in sure. that something bigger exist. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So 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 Corey was was saying like he doesn't even know why they were in the airport. That's why they were in the they were in the airport for the painting, and then they stumbled upon. And they have an answer to Martin's question though about why they had to blow up the plane because I didn't really get that. They had to they had to start a fire. That's what it was to Uh, get the thing to go off. Yeah, to get the thing to go off. And they had to no extra casualties and also distraction with the gold bars. 
Right. And it made sense because that plane was already going to be there. Right. But that, but and, again, and, and all and that and stuff and is buried in a in an yeah, exposition yeah. dump that takes like thirty <laughs> yeah. seconds. And if you don't remember all of it, you're screwed. Who and, the and, fuck and is a lighter? And a lighter, <laughs> a lighter and gasoline yeah. is, uh, is out of style. Just a plain old lighter and gasoline or a cocktail that's just out of style. But someone can gotta... foil you because it has to be a big enough <laughs> distraction that they can't see you. Like yeah. he's just going for it. And like you said, like Christopher Nolan probably has been behind like ten bank heists that you don't fucking know about. At this point. That, that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. If it wasn't for filmmaking, this guy would be the ultimate con man. Like, I'm trying to tell you that right now. Like, he's telling us in every single film that, like, yo, I have con man, like, buried deep in the basement of my loins that's trying to come out, but I'm using film <laughs> as a way to orchestrate into, like, to sort of subvert these feelings. Pause. Yeah. Why is the con man in his loins, you weirdo? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. He's, that's what he's on. Chris Nolan. And look at the way he dresses. He dresses like a con man on set, bro. Like, this dude's in a three-piece. He looks like straight off <laughs> Reservoir Dogs in every set. No, I'm just saying that, 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 like nobody shows up to a suit every day on set unless you're unless you're unless you're part of Reservoir like Dogs. Ascots and shit, huh? <laughs> You'd be wearing ascots. You know what well, I'm saying? He dresses like the lead character. There's always a character that looks like him in a movie. Like Neil dresses like Chris Nolan in this movie, like kind of baggy suits and floppy hair. Was and, it? Uh, Who was Leo it? Leo DiCaprio in Inception okay. is, is the Chris Nolan. Not uh, Bruce Wayne. Levitt? No, I think it's DiCaprio because okay. he's Dica- DiCaprio's the tortured one, also who's like can't see deal with his saying? own mind. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? This guy, and it's man. it's. I think Chris Nolan. I mean, also, uh, Memento, big floppy suits. Come on, <laughs> it's man. The same thing. Yeah. This dude's a con man. L- listen, if it, I'm telling you, he has insurance scam written all over his face. <laughs> this Nolan guy. Remember Sammy Jenkins. I appreciate Jenkins. him. I, yeah, I appreciate Aha! it. I just so, dropped the gym right there. Like, give me my Sammy goddamn Jenkins. applause. What? What gym did you drop? You said it's an insurance scam. You, that's what Sammy Jenkins' whole thing was. Whoa. It was, yeah, that was right good. there in front of our face the whole time. I didn't time. get that. Yeah. Can I say something? This is totally random, but yeah. just so we can stop yelling at each other about how the <laughs> logic works. Uh, I liked that that fight um, in the in the airport, in the Freeport area. I like that it's structured in a way so that uh, John David Washington kind of wins the fight both times. Like the first time he wins and the guy escapes. And the second time, because it happens backwards, he comes in and he's very confused. But then eventually he gets the upper hand uh, against himself. But it's just cool because it's, vict- it's sort of a victorious scene both times. Both ways. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you get what I'm saying? Just from a way that it's like scripted so perspective. Can I just Absolutely. say I didn't understand why he shot the gun? I didn't get that either. Why you don't shoot he... a gun next to your own fucking head? <laughs> I didn't get that either. Well, that, that didn't point, hit me until the second just, time. D- I, I thought it was just fighting him, yeah. that gets out of control and you... Yeah, that's what I just thought. Because he's a but, bad guy. But man. It, it, the gun is fired by the the one who knows that they're both John Washington. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Why is he reverse firing the gun? I don't. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I found a hole. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There's a few. Because <laughs> they just wanted to show it to you. Like it was weird. The inversion. Yeah. It would have made more sense if if the other one fired at that one. Correct. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have made more sense that way. Yeah. Um, um, so okay, so so I, I like the use of. Uh, well, let me. 
what am I trying to say here? The whole, um, what was the saying that he had? He had like uh, the, we live in a twilight world and uh, there are no friends at dusk. Was that to kind of identify who understood the mission at the time, the same way Tenet was? Yeah, I think so. So, so, so was, I think uh, that was supposed to be like a CIA um, code word, like, you know, right. But that's but how they that's identify the, each other. Right. That's okay. So identify that they kind of are on the same mission to some degree. Mm-hmm. Or that they the, have and, an and, understanding of what this is. It's like La Cosa Nostra, like, this is this thing. And I need to know if you understand this thing. So here's the code got word. It. Got it. And, and was Tenet kind of the same thing? Well, they was, never really say, I didn't, well, or maybe they do and I didn't catch it, but. I know that Homeboy from Insomnia says, like, he presents it as, like, a word that you say to people, and they're like, oh, word, I I get it. Right. they don't really use the word that way functionally in the movie. He he used it to get Priya. Yeah, you're right. He he used it for her. Because at first he used it on the husband, and the husband didn't get it, and then she answered to it. So that's how we we had that role reversal. One other thing that I liked about uh, the movie, just a random thing, did you guys notice that so Michael Caine's character is named Sir Michael something and at yeah. the end of the scene John David Washington has a line like goodbye Sir Michael. And I was wondering if that's like do they think Michael Caine's going to die or something or is this like maybe the last time he's going to work with Christopher Nolan? It felt like a strange beat that stuck out to me like this is a, right. a sort of goodbye to Michael Caine's tenure in these films. I I don't think that's a I don't think that's a wrong assessment. I mean um you know, I think only time will tell. You know, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if that was if that was what was happening there. I thought it was it was just kind of sweet. Like I I just I enjoyed that, and also like, you know, inevitably when the day comes where we do lose Sir Michael, uh, that would be a good little gift to post on yes. social media. Yeah, is Michael Caine the Memphis Bleak of Christopher Nolan films? Don't you dare Explain, explain that. Explain which, why you say that. That's funny. Because it's like Jay Z is like, if I'm good, you good, right? Type of thing. <laughs> as long as I'm alive, he's got an acting. He's got an yeah. acting career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Yo, because Michael Caine really don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't yeah, nothing. I have a question so. for you guys. How did you guys feel about Kenneth Branagh's um, performance? <laughs> it matched what Kenneth yeah. Branagh does every time he steps up to the mic. I don't so know. I'm, I'm not familiar with him. What else is he? You, I'm, I'm okay. So this what? is a cinema confession here. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not. Maybe the guy is good at hiding who. He, I don't know. I just haven't he's, seen enough of his properties. So he's a, like really renowned adapter of Shakespeare that. material. Oh, he's well. written and directed many adaptations of Shakespeare. Um. He's a very well-respected actor, but he, outside of the Shakespeare stuff, he does a lot of um, like big, showy character actor performances. Right. And and at times he seems like in this movie that he's breaking away from that. Like he's pretty subtle in some scenes, and I was very impressed with him. I love Ken Branagh. Also, I'm like I love him no matter what. Um, there's a few scenes where I think that his performance gets a little big for what the style of this movie is, but I still love it. I just think Ken Branagh is so much fun, and I can't wait to see that uh, Death on the Nile adaptation that he's doing. So can I can I be transparent with you guys for a second? The entire, like, I would say, man, 
I, pretty much the entire film, man. I thought that was Fouché from Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, the bad guy, the villain in the first Bad Boys Aww. for pretty much the entire movie until I got on IMDb.com. I thought that that was Fouché from the Bad Boy from Bad. No, Boys. that Sorry. is Homie from Harry Potter. Sorry. Oh, yeah. see, I never saw Harry Potter. Well, so that's that... because you're trash. Oh wait, oh, well, I got one it. more. I'll take it. One more for Lizzy. Did you? The girl who explains the backward bullet situation is the actress who plays Fleur Delacour. Yes, she is. Also yeah. from Harry Potter, and and she's in the. She appears in the first one. Um, in the fourth one, that's the one where Robert Pattinson gets introduced in Harry. Potter. Oh yeah, I didn't make that connection. That's great. We live in a Twilight world. So, <laughs> so oh, uh, Twilight because Robert Pattinson, Twilight, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. It. okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in the <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was good. Comment. What were you about to say, Corey? Because I know you, you were about haven't to talk seen Harry Potter <laughs> for what? Like, yo, for like, what? okay, yo, Jesus, like, what you have you like seen? Like, that's something you and what? CC should watch. Like, you. And if you start Cece off like now, she's she's just young enough to like the first two movies, but just old enough that when it starts getting dark, it won't be scary. Okay. Ken Brand is in the second one. You only got to get through one, and it's an incredible Ken Brand performance. He is so fucking corny. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, he's I just so feel good. like Treasy. I just feel like we find out more and more movies that Treasy hasn't seen every <laughs> no, <that's a> <laughs> like every week. Yeah. I find out things, and I'm just. I mean, I, we all got a few things here and there we haven't seen, but Treasy, your list is like. But, and, but they're your mostly, list is like this long. When you bro. really start examining them, they're mostly just these big franchise like yeah. fantasy films, like and in, in Marvel, <laughs> like like if 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 you took away both of those. I've probably seen it. You know, these big. You seen Lord of the Rings? Have you seen Lord of the Rings? No, no, he hasn't. I've attempted. I don't like Lord of the Rings, and my ass has seen Lord of the Rings. I've attempted, man, but it's just there's nothing there for me. If you could understand, I mean, Tenet, you can watch Lord of the Rings. I kind of get it. (laughs) You get it, right? Don't defend that. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing: you like Treasy is is hate is like hate boycotting this. To be like fuck that thing you like. We went over that no. on the very first. Yes, you are. You 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 admitted to it. I want you to go back and listen to Star Wars Legacy. That was the first episode <laughs> that I appeared on, and he was yeah. like, "I'm on that fuck that thing you like train. I'm not watching. You like that, so fuck it. I'm not watching." No, that w- that was performative for the podcast. I'm gonna tell you the truth. <laughs> but what you, it is. It, no, it's it is that... true because you haven't you haven't checked into these pop culture things that are super duper relevant to movie culture. Man. I'm telling you, my brain just doesn't recognize them as anything that that matters in life. That's all it is. It's like it's not. It's not that like, yo, like even you know what it's like. You remember the episode of uh, 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 Black Mirror where it was like the blocked faces, white you know Christmas, what I'm loved white it. Christmas. Yeah. There you go. That's how it is. Like when I, even when I'm streaming and like the thumbnails for these things come up, it's like they don't even register to me. They're just like blank thumbnail screens. And the titles or nothing doesn't exist, and I just scroll right on past them because so, it doesn't. It's the weirdest thing. Help it's me understand how this is a justification that you're not a hater. Because I'm not actively trying to hate on it. It just doesn't register. I hey, I, I get it. I, every time a Tyler Perry movie is up, <laughs> I, the same thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. It just doesn't register. Yeah, man. It's, I, don't, I don't know, But there's man. so many things that don't register. It's and crazy. these things are, like, mad important to the culture. It's crazy. The, the, in the timeline like that I'm running in, 
Yeah, but but yet you you find time to watch Bad Boys Three. Like, yeah, that registers. That registers for some weird reason. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I wish I was a different person. What do you, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Well, I, I'll defend you in this. Like for me, the first Harry Potter movie I saw was Order of the Phoenix. That's because like I lived in a religious household, and so our pastor said that uh. Pokemon and Harry Potter was the devil. So, I bet your pastor so I couldn't that. watch Harry Potter until I was old. And I had my own money and I could go out and watch it. Yeah, Pokemon. You know what though? My, my somebody in my family tried that with my nephew, and they were going to take him. To, he, they told him he couldn't watch Harry Potter because it was witchcraft. And then they were like, "We're going to go see Snow White," and he was like, "Wait a minute, isn't that witchcraft also?" And they were like, "Well, kind of, sort of, not really." He was like. Mm, there's a witch in it and she's casting spells. How is it different? Right. Oh, Shout out to you, Miles. I should have had that argument. Oh. <laughs> you let me watch Cinderella. <laughs> what, what, is there anything else that poses as a question here to help uh, to help smooth over the experience? Because um, I really feel like we were, we were working a maze backwards with this thing. And, and I, I just have a hard time understanding when the double dutch games start like when they jumped into the double dutch that's that you know what are you saying what like like i i feel like we started zoomed in on a maze and then like the film constantly pulled back whereas like we're used to working a, a, a maze where here you know start here and find your way mm-hmm. to the middle i feel like that we started in the middle of the maze and we were and i spent a lot of time and still spend a lot of time trying to figure out where the maze began. Okay, so I to... think it's important to remember that this is Christopher Nolan, and this movie yeah. is called Tenet, and yeah. you are talking about Jonathan Nolan, and he has a maze in his show called Westworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, I think but... that that's not fair for you to confuse those brothers and their work, and you should apologize. Oh, I'm not confusing their work at all. I think that I'm just giving you my experience and like how I'm feeling about it because I don't think it doesn't. Listen, they both deal in the same. They both deal in the same kiddie pool, man. It's like, you know, they're. they're it's a kiddie pool. Time, well, you know. Yeah, yo, I was gonna raise my hand, like. Well, that, you know, I mean, that's the analogy we're using. Know, they're in the same. It's a kiddie pool. pool. Fuck there's, your little there's, movies, there's, you there's Nolan clearly, people. There's clearly a, a thing here between you know the brothers where oh oh you're going to do your maze on we're trying to find the center of the maze. Well, I'm going to find the uh, the beginning of it. You know, it's, is that it's your, clearly is that your that Nolan thing brother that, voice. Yeah, that's how they sound <laughs> yeah. in my brain. You know, so so I do I do look at like and, and you know it's the same well, thing. I always have this conversation. I used to have this conversation about Ridley and Tony Scott. Is like you know who who's which you know who do the parents care about and like uh like tend to more when it comes to thanksgiving like really it's like oh yeah well i made gladiator and he's like oh yeah well i did this you know it's like it's this competition between the brothers you know um and and i do feel that way about jonathan and christopher nolan i think they're a little bit more in cahoots you know they're they're trying actively as as brothers to really just fuck with our perception of everything um um well, I, I I agree with you, Treasy, in the sense that like I think Christopher Nolan is a con man, and I think just like a con man, it's more fun to like watch people in the park get hustled than it is to actually know how they're hustling them. I think that's pretty much what you should take away from Christopher Nolan movies. 
Martin, you're my spirit animal. See, I, I, you racist. understand me more. You you understand <laughs> me more than you lead on, my brother. Yeah. Don't call people <laughs> your spirit animal. It's racist. Oh, that's racist. Yes. Oh, I don't I don't know the context of spirit animal. I just the indigenous Americans don't like that. Oh, okay, got it. Won't use it. Gotcha. You're my man. You're my man, bro. <laughs> There's a way more simplified way to do that. You're my hero. Um, you're my hero, bro. But uh, uh, so the last thing, the the last uh, question that I have is the lady who taught him about inversion. Do any of y'all feel like that is the woman that created the technology? Fleur <laughs> from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that, cause, but yeah. they said. Priya has a specific line because that that same thought yeah. crossed my mind. But she Priya has a specific line that's yeah. generations forward in time. So she the distance is specified. So uh, I don't think it. it's her. So okay, she okay, wouldn't okay. have been able to travel that far back into the past over her lifespan, is what she's saying. Got I mean, it. I just took it that Priya was saying like, you know, these people who invented the algorithm are very far in the future. Mm-hmm. It's not like twenty years. It's like you know our grandchildren's children or something like that. Our great grandchildren. So right. So how? So, also oh, known as great grandchildren. But, then, but, then, that, but then, then that blows the timeline for for the protagonist. Then no, no it because doesn't. he's not he's not in the future with them. He's fighting them from the past. He can he can ah, he can never he can never travel to where they are. He can only go backwards. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got you it. sure? No, no, no. I absolutely get it now. Now I get it. Now I get it. Yep, yeah, makes sense. He can't All go. Right. He can't go forward past his own lifespan. That's not. This is not yeah. actually Doc Brown's DeLorean. It doesn't work like that. Right. I think right. it's interesting how everyone was asking Nolan, like, when the very early press for this came out, like, "Oh, is this a time travel movie?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. It's not. I promise." But it. I mean, it is. It just like it's reverse time travel at one time speed. But like, it still plays around with a lot of the same mechanics as a time travel movie. That- that's something a con man would do, though. <laughs> like, <this is> a, <laughs> no, 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 no. I promise. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not grifting you. No, I promise. No, 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 no. So, um, all right. Well, I, I think that's going to do it for the Tenant episode. Hopefully, uh, there is some more, there is some sort of clarification for you as a viewer. Uh, I, I would highly suggest, if you've only seen it once, to watch it again. And uh, I plan on watching this a third time just to see if any, you know, thread gets unspooled or if I get a little bit more clarification to the questions that I have. Um, remember to follow us on our socials on Instagram and Facebook at kind of movie critics, K I N D a movie critics and on Twitter at kind of movie crits, C R I T S. And remember we call ourselves kind of movie critics cause we kind of are, we're kind of not, we're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an on ear network production.